Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, to another live edition of Sports Blogger Radio, sponsored by FanJunkies.net. I am your host, John Leary, and with me is always Scott Scooby-Doo Blooney. <laughs> Today we're going to be, be joined by Boston Bruins writer Rear Admiral from BarstoolSports.com. And we're also going to be talking about the murder mystery that is Aaron Hernandez. And, of course, some Celtics drama. Um, so I want to quickly start off by giving a shout-out to Babes Big Balls radio show. I had a bet against uh, against her that the uh, excuse me Melissa there that the Boston Bruins win last night. Unfortunately, they didn't. So here's my punishment. There you go. There's your shout out, Scott. Would you go ahead and lead us in, my man? Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of whatever. Shout out to you, Melissa. Fine, you win this one, but you're not gonna win the series. Uh, Bruins in six. I still. It, you know what? They had to lose eventually at some point because we need to win at home to make it better. So. Whatever, I'll take a, I'll take a loss. The Bruins weren't even playing their best, so whatever. Uh, you know, we're gonna win six. Whatever. Yes, I'll bet I, you, Melissa, baby stick balls. I bet you, I will pose in a Blackhawks jersey of your choice, holding a sign that says "I love the Blackhawks" if they win the series. Oh. But if if they lose the series, you got to do the same with a with a Bruins jersey of my choice. So if you're listening, that's yes. that's that's the bet right now. Challenge. Yeah. So. All right. So last night was a uh I don't know if I would call it a heartbreaker. No. Um, because I I honestly, you know, both teams probably weren't playing their best defense last night, you know, and it was a total, you know, total of 11 goals scored, but uh you know, to sit there and say that uh, you know, the you know, Blackhawks basically won that game. I don't know. You know what I mean? I I I think both honestly, both teams it could have gone either way, honestly. I I think that um that you know how with the Rangers series we had a really off game four. Um yes. I think that this game falls to the uh the Bruins demon. I think that this was really I think that it's pretty surprising that we were able to keep in stay in the game for as long as we did, despite Dan Chara and Dennis Seidenberg, who are our our two our best defensemen on the team, playing so badly. It was ridiculous to watch. Um I don't know yeah. if you noticed. I don't know if you noticed, but Daniel Char was like he was in the ice for uh, five of the six Chicago goals with a minus three. Uh, I believe that Seidenberg was also on the on the ice for five of the Chicago Blackhawks goals, which is not typical Char Seidenberg. So no, definitely not. I, I mean, you know, what's funny is it, I believe you know Seidenberg probably had his best, uh, excuse me, his worst game in the uh, in the playoffs this year by far, um, and, and that and that's. That's kind of hard to say because probably anybody else that was watching it, you know, or like, you know, they were, what are you talking about? They were playing pretty decent, you know what I mean? But, I mean, watching yeah. the Bruins, what's that? The, the amount of odd man Russians that Chicago had, it was just, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and it's not even that, just people, there wasn't, it just looked like there wasn't enough communication. It looked like there wasn't enough solid fundamental defensive play that the Bruins pride themselves on. That's where their identity stems from because you see Tuka Rask, you know, making initial saves and then no one can clear the rebound, which is what we're used to seeing or nobody's there to to help. And uh, we had some neutral zone problems. We had some problems getting it like through the defensive zone and that starts with our defensemen. And it just seemed like we were getting caught. And I, I felt like Chara and I don't know if it's from being overworked. I don't know if it's from just, you know, just not their game, but they just weren't on their game. But I think that despite the fact that our two best defensive players, and again, defense is really what the Bruins kind of their identity stems from. 
Yeah, they didn't absolutely. show up, and we still put five goals on Corey Crawford, and we still put ourselves a chance to win. We were down, and I believe the score was three to one, a three to one hole. That's you know, I, I wasn't. It's, I mean, it sucks that we didn't win. Yeah, but I I think that considering the the fact that we weren't playing good, we were we weren't playing well. We played mediocre at best. And we, um, sco- yeah, and we, and we still sc- send it to sc- overtime. It, it speaks yeah. volumes. You know, I'm not going to say that Chicago was playing the best hockey too because they weren't. But the worst player on Chicago's end was Corey Crawford, hands down. Um, yeah. Shoot glove side. That's all I'm saying. If you shoot <laughs> high glove. Yeah. I think Rush that, the net and shoot high glove. That's it. <laughs> I think that every single goal we scored last night was high glove. I think he just – and it's not even that. And when he did save high glove shots – he was like bobbling him around. He just like he wasn't. He didn't look like a strong goaltender at all. I was waiting for them, for them to put in um, Ray Embry, who actually received more Vesna votes than he than Corey Crawford did. Um, yeah, he had a. Um, I don't know too many about too much about the Blackhawks, but from what I gathered, he had a way better uh, series uh, not series uh, season. Yeah. Than- when they were when they were when they had that like twenty six game win streak or undefeated streak or whatever that the ridiculous streak, but yes. key to it was the fact that they could use um, Ray Emery so interchangeably and he would provide you know stand up goaltending and he he could be a starter anywhere on in, in the NHL for sure so, he's a great well, goaltender. Then then why aren't they using him in the uh, in the playoffs? Because Corey Cropper's he is their starter. He earned he earned the starting bid. He's younger. They want him to have this experience. But at the same time, you see how. Every time it goes to his glove side, it's like it's a fifty-fifty chance of going in, or yeah. fifty chance of putting it, like him bobbling it and it going somewhere where we can get a gritty goal. But right. Right, I, right. I, again, the fact of the matter is that despite losing, there are so many positives I took from this game, and that's you know I know that it sucks that we lost, and I think that first of all, Twitter, grow up. Like we didn't just because we dropped game four doesn't mean that the series is over now, and you know <laughs> we we've shown. That we could be the underdogs and win plenty of times, and you guys need to seriously chill out. Like, I, I, it's funny that you you called Twitter out as a whole. <laughs> well, no, because like even even you know guys that I I I see on Twitter and I have a lot of respect for, and they're really good at you know like I don't know if you know Dafumi, that guy who puts all the the, the YouTube videos up of the Bruins, and he's like super active in the Bruins community. He yeah. was like, oh, this is over now. Like Taves and and uh, Kane are like super hot, and like we can't do anything about him. Like. They scored two trash goals on defensive breakdowns that you know anyone else would have scored, and we we love being underdogs. We can we can quiet. That's my, one of my keys to game five is that we can quiet the madhouse. We can we we did it before in game one and two. Right. We can seriously shut them up, and they're one of the most hostile road arenas in in the NHL, I think. And we can win, you know, away, we can win the cup you know, in, in an opposing building. We did it in 2011. I'm not scared by, you know, the madhouse. And everyone's saying the home ice advantage is just a big thing, and I really don't think it matters. No, I feel – I honestly don't feel that home ice is, is anything. It's not like a huge advantage or anything, else. No, it's not It's not like – I mean, that. And, well, that could go into any sport, to be honest with you. I mean, there's really no such thing as home. I mean, yeah, your fans are there and everything, and they're cheering for you as opposed to booing you and stuff. But, but doesn't it feel just as good when you get you can shut up a crowd as well? Oh, absolutely. Crowd like, that's the thing. Absolutely. I, so, anyway, but other than that, the Bruins, they can definitely – Claude Julien is such a meticulous coach, and, I, I, you know, everyone was saying that 
in the Toronto series, oh, Julian's gone, Julian's gone. Right. Julian will make sure that these mistakes are immediately corrected. And that's one of the things that we can rest assured about because yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can see it though. You can see it during the um, you know, Pierre, you know, talking to the coach and stuff like that during the uh, intermissions. There, he, you know, he's basically he, he knows exactly what's going wrong. Uh, I, mean? I I mute all the interviews that Pierre does, so I don't I don't, oh. actually, I don't actually hear what he says. I boycott it, Pierre. Okay, you don't you don't like listening to Inside the Glass? <laughs> that's that's not entertaining to you anymore. No, not not at all. I could do his job better than him. Just saying. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, I'm on I'm on a roll right now. But um, anyway, I think that they're gonna go back and they're corrected, and I think that the players are gonna hold themselves accountable because we're not a club where we you know talk about. Um, bad bounces or whatever. We talk about accountability, and it's something that differentiates us from the Penguins and the Blackhawks and other teams. That instead of talking about, uh, you know, what what went wrong, uh, they talk about how they're unlucky. They're you know, yeah. you know, Bergeron even said, "I guess we didn't communicate enough. We know they're a good team. They have had some good transition. We gave them to like we gave them time to, I guess." And then he talked about how we need to transition. You know, Taves was saying about uh, Taves was talking about there was a thing. Uh, on on the web about comparing post game interviews from the, the Penguins and the Blackhawks, yep. and they sounded very similar. And they're talking about lucky bounces and you know uh, opportunities and stuff like that. And yeah, they're very. The thing is, is you can see it. Um, you know whether whether they talk post game or whatever, they are very. The teams are very alike. You know they're very similar when when it comes to their players and how they act and and stuff like that. I I can't honestly say that. There's a single person on the Chicago Blackhawks that I I despise just because they match up so well against the Bruins. Uh, what are your thoughts of that? I I just I don't know. That's just my point of view. But what do, what do you think of that? I don't like Shaw. Um, but think about that. <laughs> Shaw is is Marshawn, but not is Marshawn, but he's on their team. You know what I mean? So that's exactly my point. They have. I don't like Bickle. I mean, who does Bickle compare to? I uh, guess it's like a really crappy version of Lucic. I don't know. Nah, but uh, I don't know. I just. You know they don't have right? any. Dirt, they don't have any dirty players. They play a good, clean game. But at the same time, I think that their mentality is a little different than the Bruins. I think that they have a little bit of the superstar kind of thing, where they have these two guys who have been on AHL covers, and they're you know they're you know when the when they won the cup back in 2009, like everyone was obsessed with them. Um, and I think that the, it just shows in their interviews. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to whatever. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, the Blackhawks aren't a humble team or anything, but I just feel like we handle, we conduct, we handle ourselves and carry ourselves a little differently than they do. And yeah, I we're, mean, we're a little it, more, um, a little bit more team oriented. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more team oriented. It was, uh, it was we instead of me. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and, and I get, I get that. I just think that I just they just match up so well. You know what I mean? It's a good series. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it definitely just, is. It really, it's, it's very. It's very entertaining. It's probably one of the better Stanley Cup series I've watched in a while. You know what I mean? Oh, They're definitely. Just, uh, the, the entertainment, I mean, three overtime games. That's like, you know, first one is a marathon. Second one is, you know, still two overtimes. You know what I mean? Obviously, game three ended in regulation. But, man, last night, you know, another overtime game. That's, that's uh, what are they? What are they, like eighth or ninth on the list of, like, Playoffs. It's been a long, it's been a long cup run. They're going to be real tired after this, um, you know, and, and it's going to take, you know, we saw it last night, Rich Peverly, um, looking like the Peverly from 2011, who was yeah, playing yeah. exceptionally well. And I had been the most Waiting. critical 
I've been so critical of Trevor League. I've been saying all he can do is fall on the ice because it's all he's been doing lately, and he's not playing well. He raised it. I don't know what what he what kind of like you know in Space Jam when they have the the water and the special water. Like he drank yeah. some of that Michael Jordan special water because he was just making plays everywhere. He scored a goal um, on the power play, right? And, and you know he was just. You know, he was all over the ice last night. It was, he was very, very, very refreshing to see. Yeah, one, I do want to call out a player, though. Tyler Sagan, you gave up a really bad pass. What are you doing? You, you, know want, I, you want to call out a player, call out Chris Kelly, who had literally the, the wide open net. He had yeah. every inch of net, and he still couldn't tap it in. I know, yeah. I mean, you could have drove a truck through the hole there. I know. But it's still, though, like, they gave up a shorthanded bid. That's yeah, they did. Like, it was a very – you know, I, I'm not a hockey player, so he must have saw something that I didn't, and I can't really fully blame him, but I'm going to blame him. <laughs> I just, you know, I, you know, that was a very bad play, but um, you know, we rebounded from it. We showed, we should, we showed, excuse me, how we can bounce back from you know deficits, and I think that it's, I think that again, even though we lost, it's encouraging to see that despite playing maybe our worst defensive hockey these playoffs, and I'm putting this on the defense, not Tuka Rask. I think that a lot of the goals were be- were because Tuka Rask, you know, he, he put in, he would make the first save, he committed the first save. Yeah, he didn't, he happen. didn't, have, exactly. He didn't it's have not any, his responsibility. Uh, you know, he did, his rebound control wasn't as good as it was in game three, but at the same time, you know, you know, you can't blame him. It's the Bruins defense, I think, that you got to blame on this one. Yeah. So I think our guest is actually calling in right now. So um, I'm going to go ahead and answer that right now. Hello, Ray. Are you there? Yes, it's me. How you doing? Welcome to Sports Radio. Can you hear me okay? Thank you. Yep, yeah. we can hear you. Thank you so much for calling in, uh, Rear. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, thanks you for having me. Hey, no problem. Do you prefer Rear Admiral or Brian or what? Whatever you're comfortable with. I answer to about 17 different nicknames. So whatever you, whatever you, whatever you feel like calling me, uh, as long as it's not a derogatory swear, I'll, I'll, I'll answer oh, to no, it. Oh, no, we got nope. you. We got you. No, nope, not up in here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank you for joining us. We just want to ask you a couple of questions since you are the, you know, first of all, you're from Barstool Sports. I got a question real quick. Is El Prez in, in person like he is, like on the blog, is he the same kind of guy? Because he kind of seems, I don't know. Is he is he the same kind of guy? Um, you know what? I guess I I'll be honest with you. I don't hang out with Dave a lot. I mean, I do write for him. I do work here, but I mean, six years I've been doing it. I can count on a number of times in my one hand. I uh, one hand I've actually hung out with him and party with him or been out with him. So I think okay. yeah, I think there's some some modicum of truth to his personality and some of the stuff he does. I think a lot of it's show. I, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of somewhat of a character. Where, you know he he you know he takes it on as a sort of character, but I think there's a lot of you know there's probably a lot of truth to to what he does. But but I honestly I I'm not really with him a lot. I, I'm not around him enough where I could say it's totally like him. It's totally not because frankly we we don't spend a lot of time with each other. There's nothing animosity or anything. It's just you know no, he does yeah. his thing, I do my thing, and you know we just kind of really don't commiserate all that much. I mean he's busy running for mayor, so you got to give him some space, I guess. I don't know. I no, just I have I, to yeah. ask that question. Um, no so, no problem. So what were your I mean, we were, we just talked about the game. I don't know if you're listening. Um, what do you, what do you think is going on with you know the? I, do you think it's just an uncharacteristic game from the Bruins' defense, or do you think that um, do you think that the, the Chicago Blackhawks found a way to exploit the Bruins' defense? Because 
Chara and Seidenberg looked like crap last night. Like, what what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it was a one-game aberration. Uh, they hadn't really played that bad. Um, as a team, really the whole series, they did have a rough period in game two, but Tuca, you know, played great, so they were able to withstand that. Uh, I think it's right. team defense. I mean, I know, you know we, it, we can't single out Seidenberg and Chara because they really weren't good last night. They were probably the worst game they've had. But it was a, right. it was a collective team effort. Uh, Marchand and, and Bergeron, they, they were both terrible in their own end. They were, I think they were both minus two or three. Uh, it was just a kind of a collective effort because, you know, the way the Bruins are set up, it's, you know, the, the, the defense is kind of a team thing with the forwards and the team all kind of working cohesion together. And when, when they don't work on the same page, last night is what you see. It becomes ugly run-and-gun hockey, and uh, it's not the way the Bruins are going to win anything. And, and I think they, they, they really squandered an opportunity last night. If they do not end up winning this series, they're going to rue that game until uh, their dying days last night because they could have yeah. had a three-to-one lead and put Chicago in a, in a very tough spot. Like 30 out of 31 teams have lost the series, being down 3-1. to one. And now it's 2-2, two, two, uh, best of three, and Chicago's got two, two of the three at home. So, you know, they really blew a golden opportunity. But if they win Saturday, then, you know, they, they kind of rub that out and they're back to square one. But, uh, yeah, just a breakdown of Team D. Uh, Tuco wasn't great. He, I mean, he wasn't nearly as bad as Crawford, but uh, he wasn't as good <laughs> as they needed him to be. He didn't make a, a, one, a one, one big save. Might have been a difference last night. And, uh he didn't make it at the right time, and here we are, two-two. Now, Rio, do you think that they uh, they made it in the game plan to shoot high glove side at all times in their in their uh, in their practices? I would I would imagine so, based based on the way they scored last night and how you know they were kind of aiming there early in the series. And I mean, it, you know, I, I, it'd be tough for a pretty Hawks fan to defend Crawford's glove side. I mean, he was putrid last night. That goal by Greg. Campbell, I'm, I'm sorry, Greg Campbell, go ahead. Rich Pebbley, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he reacted after he hit the net. It. it was like, he didn't see, and, and, and he wasn't screened, that's the thing. I mean, one thing not to see the screen, but he, he was right there. And then Bergeron laid a goal, he was late reacting to that. I mean, he he was bad. He had given up you know, four goals on 23 shots, I think it was, early in the game. And, you know, they, they didn't make him pay. But I'm sure, they, I'm sure they were all, they're all thinking high glove, high glove, because, hell, why wouldn't you after a game like last he, night? He looks like a head case. He looks like a, it looks like every single like every single shot that he actually gloves down. He's like bobbling around. He just looks like a complete head case. Uh, I mean, in, in my opinion, and this is something that analysts have been talking about. You know, if you want to beat Crawford, shoot high. And I think that most of the goals have been high. Either I mean, mostly glove, but some blocker as well. I mean, he just doesn't look like a solid. And you know, when Ray Emery, your backup, gets more Vesna votes than you, that that speaks volumes. So we were talking about this before. Um, do you think that if they have a bad game and they keep on exploiting the glove side that we see Ray Emery in the series? I know this is very, very, you know, thinking into the future, but Corey Crawford doesn't look like a, goal, like a good goaltender right now at all. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't surely up the last night, but I, I think if the Bruins uh, won that game on, on a bad goal, then, we, you know, the Blackhawks would probably be giving Ray Emery some consideration today, but... That's all what happened, Crawford. I mean, when push comes to shove, he made the late saves. I mean, he did make a few nice saves in OT uh, to keep the game tied, and they ended up winning the game. So uh, he's been pretty good. Well, you know, he's been he's been actually better than pretty good. He's been pretty almost great the whole playoffs up until you know basically last night. He had a few slip ups prior to last night, but nothing that bad. Uh, but I just don't I, I don't think they're gonna see any. Quite um, will go to him. Not right now, certainly. I mean, if they were to lose uh, tomorrow Saturday night. You know, five nothing, six nothing, or something like that. You might see that, but I think he's done too much uh, already for this Blackhawks team. Um, I don't, I don't think the team has any wavering confidence in him. Certainly, they're not going to say so publicly. 
So yeah. I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if we see Ray Emery. It would probably take a blowout in game six. But then even then, okay, you haven't started this guy all playoffs. Now you're going to start – I'm sorry, the next game, game five, you're going to start Ray Emery in game six with the C's on the line. I don't know. That That's a pretty risky thing for a coach to do. And just one more thing, going back to your point about the Vesna voting. I don't think that that's not really a question about Emory's talent over profit. I think that's more of an indictment about the voting system in place for MBI, for the NHL trophies. Because, I, I mean, the, I saw one ballot left Patrice Bergeron completely off the selfie, which, I mean, that's just, that's just that's not even paying attention. That's, yeah, yeah. And, and, that's and, that, and that's, that's a 26-point swing in the voting because he doesn't get any votes down. You know, it, it obviously cost him the trophy and, and whatever. I mean, ultimately, it don't affect us. It's not our money. It's not our bonuses. But you know, you, you just you just see a, a guy who's you know given a, a pro professional hockey writers association badge and and he omits Patrice Bergeron from his Southie palette. It, it's just it's home cooking. It's blatant yeah. favoritism. It's just it's just bad. It's bad. It's bad. And it, I think it's time that uh, the awards maybe got got a little transparency. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. But yeah, I, I think we're going to see Crawford the rest of the way. Like I, again, it, it would take a real bad game for him to get. Get pulled at this point, and then again, does 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 Quenville want to go up in ice cold Ray Emery? I, I just don't see it happening. Just just um, I, this is just separate from the game. I just I was thinking about this as you were talking about the awards. Uh, what do you think about the um, uh, Norris Trophy becoming basically a tro- trophy for the best scoring defenseman? Like I think that strays away from what the Norris Trophy is all about, don't you? Yeah, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I'm because, glad you brought that up. Right? Because the fact that you know PK Subban. Uh, Chris Letang, I forget who the third the, the third guy was. Um, you know, and then they omit players like shutdown players like um, you know Zidane Chara, for instance. Like I, this is not even the Boston Bruins fan of me. Just like he's the best defensive defenseman, I, I think, or or is one of the, the elite ones. And I think that Chris Letang's defense, as we saw, you know, uh, in the playoffs and in most of the regular season, is shoddy at best. So I mean, oh, I think that's. Is that what Chris Letang was doing last round, playing defense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I feel I agree with you when you're when you're saying that the the balloting system is a joke, and I just I couldn't help thinking of that. You know, I think that Chara, I think that Tuka def, definitely deserved a Vesna bid, but um, whatever. That's I guess I guess you're right. That is a, t- a different you know story or whatever. Um, yeah. who do you need? Um, I'm sorry. Who do you need to step up in Game Five in order to, you know, who who do who are we lacking right now? Um, that really needs to, to be a, an impact player in Game Five in order for us to win. Do you think? Um, I, I don't know if it's one guy. I know it's, it's easy to insert Tyler Sagan's name here because he hasn't scored a goal. Yarmy Yagas hasn't scored a goal. Uh, with the Bruins, though, and you know, I, I hate to sound like a cliche, but it, it really is a team effort. It's it, if everybody's on the same page, doing what they need to do, then the goals come from wherever, from whether it's a third line guy, a fourth line guy, a first line guy. Uh, it's it's just kind of the this system, you know, just rewards them when they play good defense, regardless of who was on the ice. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think any one particular person has to do things different. I think just collectively they they need to be better, and you know they can do it. They they've shown they can do it. Uh, game three they would they were dominant, and and they were kind of played the opposite last night. Uh, and as far as you know, I know people again getting on Sagan and and Boyaga, but I, I don't I, I at this time of year I don't really like the you know beat up a guy too much because he doesn't score. You know, I mean, there, there are only so many goals. So last night being a, an exception, but there's only so many goals that a team is going to score during the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. And, and only so many goals to go around. So, you know, I'm more concerned if a guy's on the ice and preventing goals and not getting scored on, I'm fine with that. I, I'm, I mean, I, obviously I'd prefer guys to score and guys making money 
to, to score goals, to score goals. But if they don't, and, you know, this time of year, if they're preventing the other team, that, that's that's good enough for me right now. And, John, we were talking about, you know, you are talking about Yager, uh, Brian, uh, briefly. And I think that despite not scoring a goal, he is doing a great job of what he's been put in the system to do. Oh, and that absolutely. is slow the game down in a good way, give uh, other players opportunities to shoot. And he's been putting great opportunity, like great chances on net. He's hit a couple of posts. We all saw the, the gif of the Hogger Yow, uh, the Yager Howl when he was looking up. And it just, uh, I think that he, he is not a person I'm looking to, to step up. I think that you, you said that Brad Marshawn earlier, that he hasn't been playing well. I, I haven't seen much of him lately. I know that we don't want to, you know, jump on people, but right. you know, that, that line with uh, Marshawn, I, I would, I would like to see him get a little more involved. I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he was actually bad. he was bad last night. I thought he was good earlier in the series. I thought that that line turned the corner late in the Rangers series. Had a great Pittsburgh uh, series, and you know I thought they had him going going really good until last night when they when they were pretty bad. But yeah, yeah, you agree with you. Yeah, has has been doing a lot of the little things he didn't typically do during his career, banging the you know in the corners or on the boards. He's he has been snake bitten. He's had numerous chances to score. He's doing what he's supposed to do, but you know sometimes it just. Doesn't go in the goalie's there or hits the post or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get no issues with him. I know people will say he takes too long or he's slow coming off, whatever. You know, I, I know. I, I, I guess guys forty-one years old. I think they probably give him a little bit of leeway than more so they would oh. a twenty-year-old kid. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. uh, but he's been fine. I, uh, I I still think you know I'd like, like to see him get a goal at some point. But um, I, as far as Marshawn, yeah, I, I, I again terrible game last night, but. Uh, one thing about this Bruins team, especially with Tuker, is when they play a bad game like that, they, they really kind of do a 180 the next game. They, they kind of come out with fire in their eyes. and I mean, because they know how to play. They know how to win. They, there's 18 guys on this team from, you know, two years ago that won the Cup. So they know what it takes. They know what needs to be done. Why they didn't do it last night is, is a mystery. But I, I would certainly expect a, a pretty big bounce back tomorrow night. I'm sorry, Saturday if I yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that we've shown before that we can win in opposing buildings. And, and earlier, I talked about how we can we can silence the madhouse pretty quick, and uh, that's going to be a big key to our game. Um, do you think that home ice advantage is a, is a is a huge advantage in the playoffs? It's normally no. Uh, I, I don't think it, it is. Last year, it's funny the statistics last year. I, they were almost fifty percent win one loss home. Home uh, ice in the playoffs. It may have been slightly below, slightly above, but it was not. It was. It was it had no effect whatsoever. This year, the stats are incredible. Like the home team had won something like two out of three games, and it did seem to be a, a real, a real reason for it. I, I still. I don't buy it. Uh, I've seen enough teams uh, win on on road ice in the playoffs, whether a series clincher or game seven. Uh, I think obviously there is an advantage to be at home. But I think a certain team, like the Bruins, for example, uh, on the road, they they can block it out. They they've been there. They're mentally tough. They, it, it you know where it simply doesn't matter. I mean, they, you know, the only worry is that the the home home team gets a little too much of a bump from the crowd. But uh, normally, I would say no. This year, definitely the stats do indicate that that home ice has been an advantage. But I'd say historically, it's kind of negligible. I don't think it's that big of a deal. All right. And last question. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, What's Absolutely. the score tomorrow? What's the score tomorrow night? And uh, who gets the game-winning goal? Saturday night. I keep doing making the same Saturday, mistake. Saturday, Saturday, two, Saturday, Saturday, that's Saturday. right. They're on two days off. Uh, Saturday, I'm gonna go. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go four to one. Uh, with the Bruins will get an empty netter and um, screw it. I'll say Bergeron for the game winner. He's swinging a hard stick right now. Yeah, I like uh, it. I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, 
Well, thank you, thank you very much, Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports, for coming on the show. Uh, hopefully, you can come on again uh, sometime in the future. Absolutely, so anytime, anytime. Let me know. All right, All right. thank you, thank you, Rat. Okay, guys, have a good night. All right, Bye. you too. Bye bye. Take care. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. That guy is a hardcore Bostonian. I like, can you tell in his voice. I love it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I, and for all of you, all of you, uh, all of you, all of you, <laughs> uh, all you guys on Twitter, definitely, if you're a Boston sports fan, um, follow Rear Rear Ad. It's a Rear Rear Ads Rear Ad Bees blog. Um, definitely <laughs> give him a follow. It's worth it. He's hilarious. Again, he's he works for Barstool Sports, so he's kind of. You know, he's he's very witty, and he, he's knowledgeable, as you guys just heard um, about yeah. the Bruins, so definitely worth following him. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely good stuff right there. Um, all right, so we got about 30, 30 minutes left in the show, so I'm going to go ahead, and we're going we're gonna to go into this crazy, weird murder mystery that we got going on up here in New England with Aaron Hernandez. I... Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, it's it's one thing. Uh, well, again, I I remember I was on Twitter and I just I knew that this stuff was kind of happening. Um, and then I think it, like, it broke last night or or yesterday. It, it broke. It broke Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening. And yeah, then, Tuesday evening. But it wasn't like it wasn't anything. He wasn't a, technically a suspect, and you know, it was. Just kind of here and there, and then today it's it's yeah it's uh you know groundbreaking news that he is in his car leaving Gillette and going to a gas station. Uh, well, <laughs> now before before I mean listen, this is like kind of the first time anything like that has happened to a uh, professional athlete. Since OJ. Since OJ, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I'm sh- I know what's happened to other professional athletes. What I'm saying is in New England. So in it, New England. <laughs> It's a very, very big deal. Uh, generally, we do not get this type of um, coverage on our football players or basketball players or anything like that because, well, at least not that we know of. Um, I, I mean, so, I, so, so I, I again, I guess what what's going on right now is that a guy was found dead, execution style. Hernandez was tied to the rental car that was involved in the murder and has since been linked as the driver of the vehicle at the crime scene. Um, I guess the guy who was killed, Odin Lloyd, uh, was his sister's There's girlfriend's friend, boyfriend? Boyfriend, yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, but he was, and he was also a uh, a semi-pro linebacker for the Boston Bandits as well. But they hung out together. They were they were buddies. They were associates and stuff like that. Apparent. This is all this is all apparent. I don't you know I don't put too much stock in um, what the media is saying just yet. Only because you know I, I feel that you're you're innocent until proven guilty. That's just my that's just my take. Don't don't beat me up about it. I'm you know until they say otherwise. You know I still think there's a slight chance that possibly maybe and we've talked about this. Um, you know, he could be either getting framed or, you know, or something a little freaky out about it. You know? Oh, it's just the fact that he's like a high profile celebrity and he, well, he's a high profile celebrity in New England. It, let's not, let's not like throw it out there and say, you know, he's. No, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a football player though. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just a very sketchy situation. Like people are talking about how, 
I mean, there's reports that his cell phone was in pieces when it was given to police, and his yeah, her his surveillance, surveillance system was right. broken, and there were gunshots in the, at 3 a.m. on there Monday. Was, yeah, apparently on Monday he also um, hired a cleaning company to come in and and you know scrub down his entire house. Uh, he's he's gone on to say, well, my cleaning company comes in every Monday, anyways. So they kind of dismissed that. So I don't know, if, you know, you know, I don't know what kind of truth there is to that, but. It's, I mean, it's, this is a very weird situation. I think that Boston or Bostonians and New England fans are pretty shocked at this, actually, because oh, absolutely, we, we know that absolutely. he had had some some issues in the past with. Uh, yeah, you know, he's been. I mean, listen, he uh, he's from Connecticut, and he's been, you know, uh, coming out of college, he got passed a lot by you know he, he dropped down I think to the fourth round. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, you know. He dropped down in the draft because a lot of the teams that were looking at him were uh, afraid of his character, afraid of, you know, he, he's been caught for uh, smoking marijuana. He's been apparently involved in some gang activity and stuff like that, which, I don't know, that's kind of weird. You know, Connecticut and gang don't really mix to me. But, um, you know, and so, they, dude, you know, dude Hartford, down, so, Hartford, man, Hartford is like re- real streets right there. You got to be in a gang to get protection in Hartford, you know. Watch out, it's hardcore. Um, but so, you know, so he was passed along. So Belichick, you know, being Belichick the way he is, he, he took a partner project, and you know, first three years he was here, it proved to be very successful. So they reward him with a very big contract, and now all of a sudden, he four months ago he shoot people in the face, shot some. Man in the face, and now he's killing someone else. Well, allegedly, allegedly, not even allegedly. allegedly. He is being questioned about this, right. and there seems right. to be some evidence that points to maybe he's a suspect. I don't know if he's considered technically a suspect. Yeah, I mean, well, I, like I said, I've read, I've read so many reports today. You know, uh, oh my, yeah, the Twitter was just and media Twitter was, was just, up. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they were sitting there saying that he was going to be arrested. arrested. He wasn't arrested. He so. wasn't arrested. Uh, you know, he. He left his house to go to Gillette Stadium to probably work out or whatever, and they followed him like they thought he was going to run or something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where personally this is going to lead him, but that's not really any of our concern. What our concern is, what's up with the football team? <laughs> Who do we have play tight end? And this is where <laughs> I look like a genius. Uh, I don't know if anybody listened last night. I mean, last week. Excuse me. Yes. When we were talking about Tim Tebow coming to New England, Bill Belichick has this crystal ball in Gillette <laughs> Stadium that he like you know watches or whatever and sees that oh Aaron Hernandez might go to jail. Let me dra- let me let me get Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, I bet you anything, will play at tight end at some point this season. This is also coming from the man that said, "Oh, no, no, I, I don't, I don't want Tebow on our team at all." But I'm just saying, Tebow. Because of what's happening right now, he will be playing tight end. And Belichick is a genius. I know he's a genius, but here's the thing. And I've said this many times to several people, either today or or to you. We still have Jake Ballard. We still have Daniel Fells, who, like I said. Yeah, but we're going to play Tim Tebow because he's Tim Tebow, though. You don't know that for sure. You don't know that for sure. Dude, Tim Tebow is hardworking. Look. (laughs) <laughs> Look, our, our tight end um, depth chart has been parting like the Red Seas for yeah. for Tim Tebow. Well, why do like, you think this why is think... definitely intervention? This is divine intervention. God wants Tim Tebow to play tight end for the New England Patriots. Why do you think? Um, 
never mind. I'm not even going to go there because it, it, this is just ridiculous. I don't know. Why not give Tebow a shot? I it was I'd say give give him a chance, but I don't think he's going to I you know what? If he's not quarterback. playing quarterback, that'll make me so happy. Like, because he can't play quarterback. He's a terrible football player when he when in terms of quarterback. Yeah, but, but do you think? Do you sit there? You honestly are telling me that you think that on a stretch run play they're going to send Tim Tebow in a and uh, you know some sort of wide slant? I mean, come on, think about it. Tim Tebow running down the sidelines like Gronk would usually do. I I, I can't see it. I mean, the guys. I, that- I bet I will bet you right now on this show live in front of however many people are watching that Tim Tebow plays. At least uh, tight end, at least a full game. Well, you know what? I won't even take that bet because yeah, I bet you'll see it in preseason. No, I bet I'll see it. I bet he's gonna, you know, you know, pray his hardest and work out all the time and and get God to help him out, get this roster slot. I guarantee he's gonna make the roster. He's gonna play tight end because Hernandez might be going to jail allegedly. I don't know what's going on with you know. Well, Gronk is a Gronk is a meathead moron who who can't stay healthy. And, you know, Tim Tebow is our, our you know, our, he's our savior. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Listen, <laughs> I can't even go there with you. It's just. I'm right. I don't think. You I know. said this last week. I said that Tim Tebow will be playing tight end. Now this is actually happening. I don't think this is going to happen. But that's, listen, that's neither here nor there. I, I just, let's go back to the whole Hernandez thing. I mean, if everything, if what they say is true and every all this evidence is that, I mean, each one, I know the New England Patriots obviously are going to cut all ties with this with this yeah. man. You know, they will go ahead and they'll release him, and you know, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure the Patriots will be due some money back because I, I believe he got some sort of guaranteed money. He did, and Bill Belichick um, and Robert Kraft will not stand for that kind of player. Oh no, no, yeah, so. Um, that's, if, if this, all this stuff turns up and there is some, you know, credibility to it and it, and it looks like this guy, uh, was, you know, he, he, he did do what they're saying he did, then there's absolutely no question. First of all, he's probably going to jail. Second of all, there's no way he's going to be associated to the Patriots organization in any way. Um, and you know, like you said, you pointed out, you know, we were talking about Tim Tebow, but, uh, we do have some players who can play the tight end position. Um, we have Daniel Fells, uh, we have Michael Humanawanui. Yeah. Humanawanui. Whatever, whatever his name is. And we have that that awesome Hawaiian tight end. Yeah. And we have Jake Ballard who are, you know, Jake Ballard, especially who, who has shown that he can play, uh, at a, at a starting a starting role at yeah Jake, Jake Ballard well I mean honestly if you have to if you you know if you're on the Patriots you're gonna look at that and you're honestly you're gonna, you're gonna go with Jake Ballard right off the bat because he's he's um, the guy who spoke to you in the Super Bowl right exactly he he has history against us so they're gonna go ahead and try he's obviously gonna be the starter you know what I mean um, and either Daniel Fels or Humanamanabuwi whatever the heck his name is I can never pronounce it. Um, he'll probably be your second one. I mean, Daniel Fells, he, you know, he is an off-season pickup that they, you know, they grabbed this year. But um, until, I, 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 until I Tim Tebow makes the makes that starting spot, <laughs> dude, Tebow Media will watch him, watch uh, him, watch him with the prettiest, you know, post-play touchdown ever. You know, I, I just if, yeah. if 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 it comes about, to this, think about this real quick. All right, oh, think about this real quick. All right, say, say, and I'm going to throw this hypothetically out there. 
say the New England Patriots make it to the Super Bowl this year. Tim Tebow scoring the winning touchdown with a with a bomb from uh, Tom Brady. The Jets, Tebow Manny, baby. I would I would just I think that Tebow and you know you know how you know how the Flyers they they got rid of Sir, of Sergei Bobrovsky and they brought in Ilya Brzezgalov on like a ninety million dollar deal and then Brzezgalov sucked. Yeah. And then and then um you know what's his name went on to, Sergei Bobrovsky went on to win a uh, Vesna Trophy. That did like the same thing for the Jets. The 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 fact that Tim Tebow, you know, completely psyched out Mark Sanchez, and now Mark Sanchez is a head case because of Tim Tebow. Still in this season, right. he won't be on the right, team, right. but he's still a head case because of Tim Tebow. And then they get rid of him. And if he was to come and play with any sort of success on the Patriots, like yeah. that is. I do say biggest. I do say this. I do say this. Um, you know, if if uh, if Tim Tebow does end up playing tight end, look for him to be the starter during the Jets games because you know Bill Belichick likes to go ahead and, and, and turn the screw a little bit, and you know Tim Tebow will probably want to get a little bit of payback as well. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, if it happens. I, this, I is becoming, this is just becoming a ridiculous conversation. You it know. is. All right, let's get off. Let's divine get off. intervention. But anyway, yeah, Aaron Hernandez, uh, these allegations gets them. Uh, being involved in some way with some murder. Uh, there have been gunshots reported. There have been, you know, accusations about the the car associated with the murder. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. But for everyone on social media, Twitter and Facebook, please leave the investigating to police officers and uh, do not go ahead and say that he's guilty right off the bat or innocent right off the bat. Um, or no, please do not say he's guilty. He is innocent until proven guilty. That's the way the the system, the rule of law, works in yeah. the United States. And until until we until they actually come out and say he's guilty, I'm going to go ahead and take it with a grain of salt. Um, and by the way, if Ray Lewis can win a championship after killing someone, well, I mean, well, uh, let's no stop right there. <laughs> Don't even go any further. Um, okay, Celtics talk, drama central. Yeah. Um, on again, off again, trade rumors. NBA commissioner saying no. Uh, Danny Age trying to get rid of Dark Rivers. Like, what is going on? I, you know what? I have been trying to follow this. And actually, one of my friends on Twitter helped me understand what is going on. So, excuse me. The Celtics are trying to get rid of, well, I don't know if trying to get rid of, they're trying to trade Kevin Garnett and Doc Rivers to the LA Clippers in a package deal for um, DeAndre Jordan, Jordan yeah. who's a center power forward, big guy, uh, who, who actually plays a good game. Uh, last season, he averaged 8.8 points per game, 7.2 block, uh, rebounds per game, and more than a block. So he's he's a solid player, and, you know, He's 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 six eleven, two hundred and sixty five pounds. He's a four fourth year player. He's twenty four years old. He's a he's a younger guy. He's someone who can we've been talking about this, someone who can grow with the, the new Celtics core. He, yeah, he he's fits been, that description pretty well. Right, right. He's been targeted since um uh was it not well, not this year, but the last year they, they started talking about bringing him in. And I believe last year they were talking about Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo, if I was, you know, if I'm not mistaken. But they – yeah, I, I mean, honestly, and we've talked about this several times on the show, I really feel that it's time to start rebuilding. Um, I definitely feel that, you know, De, um, DeAndre Jordan, he, he could be a really good fit. Um, however – I don't like the fact that they're trying to get rid of Doc. I, you know, he's he's 
probably the best coach in the NBA right now besides um, Popovich, Greg, maybe. Yeah, Popovich, exactly. I mean, George um, George Carl is is also a good one too. But the Clippers, well, George Carl George Carl got a tough break, man. He he, did. he got he you know he brought his team into the playoffs probably for what the third straight year. He you know and, and the Denver Nuggets were not that good last uh, this, no, this not, past season. not at all. And uh, but he still pulled it together. And then he wins Coach of the Year, and then he gets fired. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get under, it. I don't understand. Whatever. It's in an era where coaches have to earn respect from the players and not the other way around, and the league is, in my opinion, I think the NBA is completely backwards, um, to be perfectly honest, um, in, in that respect. But, oh, you know, oh, yeah. the Clippers are targeting Rivers, whom sources say the team owner of L.A., Donald Sterling, has already said that he would be okay with giving him $7 million a year for five years. It's 35 mil to Doc Rivers, which is a lot of money. I was going to say, what is he making here? What is he making, five? He's make, well, he's, he has a three-year 21 mil, but f- a five-year deal, that's, that's pretty good for a coach. And that's right, right. $7 million a year, that's, that's pretty good. But do, but we really, the, do we really honestly feel that the L.A. Clippers are going to be a contender, even with Doc Rivers? I mean, their, their ownership is pretty terrible. I mean, if 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 he can go into L.A. and work out a system where Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are getting what they want, and they could be a very successful team, in my opinion. Um, because I'll, those, I'll bet you five bucks Dwight Howard will join that team as well. No, I will not take that bet. I will. I will bet. I'll bet you that Dwight Howard, if anywhere, goes to the Rockets. Well, Dwight Howard and Chris Paul are talking about trying to join a, a you know start a, a powerhouse team. Let's see. This is what I don't understand. Can the, you know? You don't see that in other sports where players are on conference calls trying to arrange super teams. Like that doesn't happen. If if you know with the Celtics, when the Celtics did the big three, I feel like this was a huge mistake for the game because it completely changed the way that the game is structured and the game is played. But, but the, I mean, you have to look at it. This, this was not our our original. Excuse me, not our original. Our big three that was put together was not put together by players. It was put together. Oh by no, ownership. no, it was put you know together I mean? by ownership. So, but now when you have you know uh, players getting coaches fired and players calling other players and saying, "Hey, let's do this, get together," and then being discontent when it does not happen, like you would never see that stuff fly in you know other sports, other professional sports. Like there aren't super teams that get made. You know, well, super I was teams, say, you can't really say that about the NHL because Jamal Gillen did it to us. <laughs> well, j- j- well, that was his choice. I, uh, so I, I guess, yeah, kind of. I mean, he ultimately he read, made the wrong decision, so you know he can go, whatever, enjoy his time in, in Pittsburgh, which is a desolate, terrible city, and he can have fun there. Um, but, but you know, that doesn't happen as frequently. I mean, you see. I just feel like the, the NBA is backwards right now. I'm not an NBA guy. I'm not like an NBA first guy. I'm definitely an NHL first guy, kind of guy. But I just think that the NBA is just, you know, the, for reasons that I just discussed, it's just backwards. But David Sturm, so basically they tried to trade Doc Rivers uh, to the Clippers along with uh, KG. And, or, they blocked it. Yeah, they blocked it because I guess it's illegal to, tr- to trade a coach under certain circumstances which have been met here and – they were trying to do a deal that, like, although wasn't written on paper, Doc Rivers would be going to um, – in, like, a separate side deal or whatever, he'd be going to L.A. But I think that ultimately the way this is going to work out is that Doc and KG go to the Clippers and we get DeAndre Jordan and two first-round picks, which I think is – like, today, 
I think that's a pretty good. I think it's a pretty, a pretty good, good start. Run. That's considering the fact start, that there are yeah. so many good coaches uh, that are well, available right now. That was going to be my next question to you. Uh, out of all the coaches out there right now, who do you feel is the best fit for our rebuilding? That's tough. I mean, ideally George Carl, but I, I would definitely like to see George Carl. But that's that's um. We're, we're and by the way, we're not going to talk about your favorite coach in the NFL. No, no, we're not even bringing him up. Um, think about that. I think, I mean, we've, we discussed this before the show and we both think Brian Shaw. Um, yeah, that, that seems like something that they've been exploring a little bit. Brian Shaw has been a coach that, oh, he's, he, he was an associate head coach for the Indiana Pacers. Um, and they, for people have been looking at him a lot. He, he's a, you know, he's got a very good command over his players, you know, in, 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 uh, in the, for the Pacers, you know, so you saw the Pacers organization this year come out and contend against the Miami Heat, um, yeah. and you know, you could make an argument that it was a coaching battle. And I think the Indiana Pacers, you know, they played very hard this series. They were coached very well, and that's very encouraging. And um, you know, something about the Pacers is that they're a very young team, and if you're looking at reconstruction, um, it might not be a bad idea to bring in a guy like Shaw, who has that kind of experience with younger players, to a team whose core will become, you know, Jeff Green, Rajon Rondo. Um, your boy, uh, um, Sully, Sully, Sullinger. and yes. you know, two first round picks and possibly DeAndre Jordan. That sounds like a very young core who, um, are that, you know, a guy like Shaw would be used to working with. So that's not a terrible choice. Um, I don't think they're going to look at Vinny Del Negro. Um, I think he's, I think he's just kind of a name being thrown in there. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, he, I don't think he would be a bad fit because he's done some pretty good things you know, with the Chicago Bulls and the um, L.A. Clippers. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I still think, honestly, if, if I had my choice, I'd rather have Brian Shaw here. Yeah, like, and just, the thing is, if if the whole thing goes through with uh, DeAndre Jordan, um, there have been many reports of a rocky relationship between DeAndre Jordan and Vinny Del Negro. So that is something that you can look at. But I think that um, the Celtics are going to look at targeting an up-and-coming assistant like Brian Shaw, um, who is a guy who's used to working with uh, younger players, and he's a younger guy himself. And, um, you know, I think that that's a very good – I think it's, that's a solid pick. I mean, people are talking about uh, Stan Van Gundy uh, or Jeff Van yeah. Gundy. That's that's a lot of money on a, on a veteran head coach. Um, yeah, I mean, and uh... – Nah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't dislike them as coaches, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they would, I don't think they would work yet. To be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that I, that shot works, and yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely think, think so. I think if this deal works out, I mean, KG has definitely gotten some game left in him, and I'm not an NBA expert by any means, but I think that that oh that that um I think that <laughs> <laughs> at this point the Celtics should be looking forward to rebuilding, and I think that um. Because, well, it's like, because it's the time. I mean, it really yeah, is. Right, exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, I mean, we've said it several times. It's time. It's time. It's time to start rebuilding. It really is. I mean, any any Celtics fan out there that doesn't believe that, well, uh, maybe need to start rethinking it. Because, I mean, it's not that I don't love the team that we had last year or the year before that. It's just it's time. It's time to start getting some fresh new talent in and, and out with the old, in with the new, you know? that's Yeah, yeah I know. I agree with you. It's uh, it's just the way it needs to be. Yeah, but, the, the era of KG and Paul Pierce is is done. I think that they're, they're, if, if it's not if it's not um, LA, it's somewhere else. I think there's definitely gonna be a deal done to get one, if not both of those players, uh, out of Boston. Right. 
Um, okay. So with about eight minutes left in the show, I would like to go ahead and start a new segment. And it's going to be called Asshat of the Week. And this week's asshat is... Kyle McDougal. Kyle McDougal. And for those of you listening and have no idea who Kyle McDougal is, I, I encourage you to look him up on, on Google or look him up on Twitter. Um, he this- is, and I will go ahead and explain this. He is a gentleman that took and went on to NHL.com. And you know how you can customize a jersey, right? Well, he customized a jersey. And he customized a Boston Bruins jersey. Well, you would think, oh, that's awesome. No. However, he says, my Boston Bruins jersey, hashtag blank Boston, hashtag go Blackhawks, hashtag Boston Strong, at Pat Kane, at NHL Blackhawks, win yeah. for Jahar. The, now, the, the jersey, it's... Zarnayev, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, in the back, and the number is 69. Yes. And for those who don't know, Jahara, whatever his name is, he (sighs) is, oh, another asshat, that, who uh, was one of the two gentlemen that placed the bomb. So we have a guy here that is basically mocking Boston Strong once again, and you know, basically saying that the block ha- uh, excuse me, Blackhawks need to win it for Jahar. Jahar. Which is, I mean, clearly asshat of the week material right oh, here. Oh, asshat of the week. Uh, <laughs> he might, he might, yeah, we've seen a lot of asshats lately with with the NHL playoffs and the Boston Strong. You see Toronto Strong, Chicago is, Strong. Uh, well, this is, on, this is our third week talking about someone new doing something as ridiculous as this. So, like I said, thus, as hat of the week. So, I'm sure every week we'll be bringing you someone new that would, would like to uh, become that. The nerve of this guy. Hashtag win it for Jahar. Like, I, so, so he, t- he tweeted this out, um, which is just a disgusting tweet. Um, and, you know, we've, we, like, like we said, we've seen, uh, you know, Toronto Stronger and Pittsburgh bands talking about the bombings and the Chicago Tribute ripping up its tribute about Boston. Right. And the uh, Chicago Stronger t-shirts. And now, now this, this, this moron bottom feeder talking about, you know, he, who's trying to pl- ask for people to win it for Jahar, the guy who bombed the city of Boston. Um, right. He, he took down the tweet. But uh, this is uh, he he retweeted all the people who who started calling him out and calling him you know classless and a lot of things I can't say on the air. Right. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure when like I I kind of want this is now getting really old. Well, it was old before, but it's it getting, was old, it was old the second it, someone decided. But to this do is it. like this is way overkill now. Like this is. Like you said, this is like the third consecutive week we've talked about people talking about the bombings. And and, it, and that's, I think, I mean, maybe us as being, you know, people that we talk, you know, we talk on the air about things like that. Maybe we should be the ones to stop talking about it because all we're doing is breathing life into it. But I ha- I mean, I, I honestly have to bring attention to it because no, I, just absolutely. Can't, I cannot yeah. get past the nerve of these people. Like, I don't understand people hey guess what people other people have feelings you know what i mean it's just like i don't i don't know why you have to why, i don't know why people have to consistently be asshat of the week <laughs> I, and, 
and I guess this guy is um he is a very upset um Toronto fan or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he is a Toronto fan. Um and it it's just it, it's unfathomable. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand. Like like I've said many times, this is the third straight week that we've talked about at least one person going way overboard with how how they can't stand you know the Bruins. Okay, get it. You don't like the Bruins. Just say I don't like the Bruins. Why do you have to bring in all this other negativity? You know, terrorist attack into it. It, it may, it's completely two separate things. I mean, it nothing to do with each other. If you don't like the Bruins, just say, I don't like the Bruins. I want black. I want the Blackhawks to win. It's as simple as that. And, and to make things worse, he's like retweeting all the criticism that he's getting to like, I don't, I don't know what his angle is here, but he, it's like he, he's proud of the fact that he's making, like he's being a, an asshat. I, I, <laughs> I'm confused by this guy. I mean, if you look at his, if you look at his picture, he kind of looks like a, uh, he looks like a kind of like a scumbag. To be perfectly honest, um, and you know the fact that he'd say that and he'd even put an illustration. I know that it's just a, you know, a rendered, you know, picture of a thing that he didn't even make. It's something that he designed. It's still he, he, that is a scumbag thing to do. And shame on you, Kyle. You're you you win ass hat of the week. week. Yeah, for sure. Asset um, of the week, right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah congratulations. Congratulations, asset of the week. You deserve a medal. Yeah. You don't. You don't get a trophy or anything because everyone hates you or everyone dislikes you. And yes, yeah, so everyone hates you. We just we just dislike what you yeah, just did. Just, just come on now. Don't don't. And and people, please, hockey fans in particular. I'm looking at hockey fans right now. Stop being so damn toxic all the time. If you lose, and I I get upset. Yeah, you don't don't act like it's the end of the world. Don't act like you want to kill other players. Don't even joke about that stuff. Stop, like, calm down. All right. Calm down. It is a game. At the end of the day, it is a game. That's. I mean, you can love. You can be very passionate about your team. I'm one of them. I know Scott is one of them. But don't take it to that level. If it's, we have to talk about this again, like I swear, it's just, I, it's just getting old now. Like it's it really old. is. And I mean, we're honestly making fun of the situation at this moment. You know. <laughs> I just I don't get it. Uh, you know, I don't get it. <sighs> yeah, so guys, you know that brings us to the end of the show. So I'm going to go ahead and give out my last, you know, bit of information, and it starts like this. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I am your host, John Larry. With me is always Scott Scooby Doo Blooney. I just like tried to, to solve some mysteries, man. That's all. That's it. Um, I just want to thank Rear uh, Admiral for joining us on the show. Uh, very knowledgeable man. Get over to barstools.com. Check him out. Read his stuff. Read the actual hockey, though, because a lot of barstool is complete crap, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, read, read the hockey <laughs> read, read the hockey stuff. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. Um, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, tune into Fan Junkies Radio right here on Block Talk Radio with your host, Jonathan Ragus and Michael McShay. Um, and make sure you tune in to Five Minutes at the Frat House, Saturday, 1 p.m. with our good friend, Michael McShay. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope that you will tune back next week. Thank you. <laughs>